A quick disclaimer. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Please know that we believe in professionalism and we do our best to avoid distracting occurrences, but we are human. And from time to time, accidents may occur. Again, thank you for understanding and rocking with us as we explore this new virtual world together. Please note that we bring various guests to speak on specific topics due to our beautiful, diverse community and audience. We are not responsible for the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by our podcast guest. Enjoy the episode. Verbs podcast, you know that we are all about hydrating your soul, fortifying your spirit, intensifying and renewing your mindset. We're all about those real, authentic, and genuine necessary conversations that we need more of today in this world. That is why I have decided to post just a snippet, okay, of the ladies' night. Trust me. In this snippet, you will get great information. But the truth of the matter is, in order to catch everything that we did, because it went on for four hours, in order to get that full-on experience, you got to attend it live, y'all. But if you missed it, I got good news for you. May 29th, we're having another ladies' night at 7 p.m. That's on a Saturday. The ladies' night on May 29th is dedicated to health and beauty. The ladies night that you're about to listen to this little snippet that I posted up here. This was dedicated to mind and body all about self-care. We had Rosa come an amazing Zumba instructor. The best I have encountered to be quite honest. She also does virtual sessions. Her information is located in the description box. And we had the amazing Sean. She is a woman of color as well, just like Rosa. And she is an OBGYN. And she answered our questions regarding Yoni Care, which was absolutely phenomenal. If you have some questions for her, hit her up. Her information is also located in the description box. So get ready, get your notebooks out, and let's begin this episode. Oh, one more thing. If you're interested in attending the next ladies night devoted to health and beauty, go ahead 
and follow me on Instagram. That's where you keep up with all the updates or join the email list as well so that you can be notified of all these ladies nights. Oh, and did I mention they're free? That's right. Free, giving you free knowledge, free information, and some good times with some amazing, amazing women. Now, let's get to it, shall we? Enjoy. To that time. Okay, everyone. So we're going to start with the icebreaker. But before we start with the icebreaker, Tina, I want you to say a couple words and I want you to introduce our first special guest tonight, and then I'll get to the icebreaker. All right. Well, I'm Tina, aka Libralicious. I'm sure most of you know me from that. I think everybody here is on IG, right? Um, I'm excited to party with you guys tonight. And first, we have Miss Rosa, Latina Mommies. She's going to be our Zumba instructor. But she's also a child educator, a natural health enthusiast, and a tax professional. So she's like, you know, one of those do-it-all type women. And she's going to kick our butts with some Zumba tonight. And then I'll introduce Sean after, which I see. Hi, Sean. is here already. Hey, Sean. Welcome in. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tina. So this is how the icebreaker, Rosa, would you like to say something real quick before we start the icebreaker? So for the Sumba ladies, just move, just move. Don't try to get everything perfect, just move, just have fun. It's about having fun, okay? It's not about perfection because there's no such thing as perfection. Everybody is unique in here. Yes, I love it. Yes, the amazing, isn't her energy amazing, y'all? It's amazing. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so for the icebreaker, this is what we're going to be doing. Okay? We're going to start to my right. We're going to go to each person. I want you to say your name and your Instagram name because, look, none of us know each other's real names, okay? We, we know the Instagram names. So I want you to say your name, your Instagram name, and what you're looking forward to tonight okay so t well tina you'll be the last one we're gonna go start from the right brenda we'll start with you Hi, Bob. oh you on mute you gotta be unmute yourself <laughs> brenda you're muted you're muted brenda brenda talking uh away but she muted though yeah, can she not unmute it or something? Uh, there you, oh, there you, go. Go. There you okay. go. I'm going to give you guys a little insight about me. I'm a teacher and I'm always muted. And the first thing the kids yell at me, you're muted, Mrs. Yes. I'm like, all right, because I talk too much anyway. But I love it because I get them going. So, Brenda Mejia's, I'm a teacher. My Instagram is Brenda Any1971. Um, what am I trying to get out of this tonight or what would I wish for? Uh, good vibes coming my way, um, following new people to, you know, send me good things and uh, just keep a positive vibe going for myself and hoping to send that out also. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Brenda. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Rosa, go ahead. 
Hi, everybody. Um, so I'm an educator and um, I actually went for um, school to be a math teacher, but I was like, nah, Brenda can handle all those kids that they give you in the classroom and I would just handle like one-on-one -on -one tutoring type of thing. So I like to work with one-on-one -on -one kids and kids who are at risk um, with failing. Um, but the, my name in um, Instagram is Latina Mommies. It's actually there. So you guys can actually find it and spell it right there. Um, it, would, it wouldn't be so hard. Um, for everybody else who wants me to follow them, just write it on the chat and then we can like, I can just look at it like that. Because sometimes we might think it's spelled one way and then it's the wrong way. And then, you know, I'm not even following the right person. So I hope you guys have fun with Sumba and I hope, um, I just want to meet new people. New people is good. So I'm here to meet and enjoy that conversation. Awesome. Thank you, Rosa. Soul Drips, a.k.a. Aria. Yes, girl. <laughs> speak, speak, speak to the mic. Come to the mic. Hey, ladies. How are y'all? Um, well, my name on Instagram is actually Soul Drips with an S, with two S. Um, if it's not Soul Drips, it's King Queenpreneur. Um, I'm usually both in between both pages. Um, I am the CEO and owner of Soul Drips, which is an online cafe. Um, so what I look for this is just meeting new people, expanding the circle, um, and just meeting some dope females. That's pretty much what, what we're here for, right? So, yeah. so we're going to have fun. So, awesome. Yeah. awesome. Everybody check out her website because she's got the bomb tea and coffee. Y'all don't even yeah. know. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, and so you're, she's from Atlanta. Tina's in Connecticut. Rosa, where are you? New York. Albany, New York. New York. Albany. Mm -hmm. Brenda, where are you? Westchester, PA. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Zuleika. Zuleika, yes. What's the real one, man? I love that name. You know it's Glam Dozy. Yes, Glam Dozy. Ah. Yes. We finally got her on the camera, y'all. Right. Um, so during the week, I work from home. I work for a dialysis company. I work in administration and on the weekends, I actually do hair. I do men's hair and also women's hair sometimes, but mainly men's hair. So I'm a barber, which is surprising to some people, but uh, I actually, Brenda is my son's godmom. So I invited her because, you know, I always get good vibes from you ladies. So I told her about it and I asked her to join because, nice. you know, and she she's gotten on uh, a couple of the chats. I've I've invited her to the lives, and she's liked them too. Cool. Oh, oh gosh, awesome! Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. So oh. glad to meet you. And what so state are you in? That you invited Brenda. And oh, I'm in Pennsylvania. Um, it's Downingtown. It's outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly, Philly. Right. <laughs> Did you hear us on Philly's favor? How, what happened? Did you get a chance to hear Kai and I on Philly's Favor, the interview? No, no, I didn't hear it. Okay, okay. If you click the link in the bio, check it out. But we were on 100.7. Oh, okay. I'm going to check it out then. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Alicia! 
Hello, ladies. How you guys doing tonight? Um, I'm actually happy to be here tonight with you all. And, um, my name is Elytria. Um, my sign on name is uh, Trion Electria, or people may think it's Electria, but it's Elytria. <laughs> and um, I'm actually just a parent leader. Um, I have a senior that's graduating this year, 2021. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a background of having community advocate pretty much um, you know, in my local community in Georgia here. And uh, I'm just here to learn from other, other um, mothers, um, just, you know, just positive people in, in all. And I just wanted to just learn so much from everybody, the, the vibe, meet new people from outside of Georgia, from inside of Georgia. I'm just here to, you know, just have a good time. Awesome. Yes, yes. Dee Dee, how you doing? Hello, ladies. How you doing? Um, I'm from Washington, D.C., just like Kai. Um, and my handle is actually Miss Libra Love. Oh, so I'm um, here. I'm happy to see faces with names. Exactly. Uh, some faces I didn't seen, but it's it's good to put faces with names. I'm here to like collaborate, um, get the build new, you know, networking, new fellowship. Um with what I do as professional, um, a night auditor. So I'm usually working third shift, but <laughs> so I've been hanging tough with you all throughout the week. Um, I know that get ready changed very soon, but uh, hey, I'm here. I'm gonna ride it as long as I can. Awesome. We are so thankful. Thank you so much for being here. Definitely. Sean Well, Sean is our next guest. She's the oh, yes, OBGYN. She's our board certified OBGYN who is also a captain in the Army Reserve. I'm gonna give you your big entrance. <laughs> she focuses on high risk pregnancies and racial disparities and patient advocacy. And she's a bomb ass workout partner too. <laughs> That's Sean, now you can introduce yourself. <laughs> Hard act to follow, oh, that was a great intro. <laughs> Hi, ladies. I'm just happy to be here. Um, I just wanted to put out a disclosure that this is supposed to be an open space. Um, You should feel free to ask any questions without judgment. And um, no question is a stupid question. So I'm excited. I'm ready. And where are you? Where are you at, Chantrell? Oh, sorry. So I am um, in Connecticut. I'm at UConn Health. Um, I also have a social media. Um, I My Instagram and TikTok are the same. It's Sean, S-H-O-N Cooper, M-D. Um, so I, I'm pretty, I'm more like active on TikTok than I am on social, on Instagram, but um, I'm on both of them. Yeah, she's like TikTok famous. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Latoya, hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, ladies. Hi, I'm good. I'm Latoya Harper. Um, my um, Instagram name is Miss Loyalty Ten. Um, so, um, what I do um, professionally is I'm a chief of labor relations. Um, I'm in the state of Ohio, so. One minute is cold and next minute is like 80, 90 degrees. So I'm in that valley. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to see everyone. And what I'm looking to get out of is just meeting new people, um, networking, and just kind of hear how you guys are navigating um, through the pandemic. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, yes. Awesome. So glad that you are here. So glad Thank that you. you are here. La joy. Look, she gonna come in like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all, what y'all doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm cooking. And look, I ain't even sat down yet. I'm in the kitchen cooking. I got some fish and fries going on today. So, uh, what you making us for dinner? Uh, some fish and french fries. Okay, we'll be there. Okay, just fly it. We'll give you each address. We'll pay. Just slide on in. Slide on in. You going to do some Zumba while you cook? Huh? You going to do some Zumba while you cook? I am not. Girl, come on. You can do it. I'm, I'm zooming in now. I'm zooming in now. I thought you I'm zooming in now. I love it. I'm, I'm zooming in now. I thought you were. Tell us where you're at. I am in um in Forney, Texas right now. That's right outside of Dallas. Not too far. Um, I'm a pharmacy technician. Been there for a long, long time. And uh, what else y'all on now? Oh, I have a uh, have a son who's 23. Got a daughter who's uh, 18. She graduates this year too as well. So, woo, thank you, Jesus. And um, what else? I'm here to just um, get to know everybody and try to, you know, get into the groove of uh, meeting new people and um, meeting uh, some new friends. I have no friends, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm trying to get myself into that mode and everything, just learning and getting to know people. And uh, like I say, learning everybody and just be, just having girls night, like we said, the ladies night. Awesome. Awesome. So excited to have you here. And that is Queen Joy, right? Your IG, Queen Joy? Yes. I'm so sorry. Yes. My IG is Queen Joy 76. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's get this Zumba going. Rosa. Yes. Remember, no shame. Just do what you can. Just have fun. Even if you're sitting on your chair, even if you do this, I'm okay. Okay? okay. I know you can't take <laughs> You are listening to Life Verbs Podcast, and we will be back after this brief message. Hey, it's Zen, owner of Life Verbs Co. and the creator, host, and producer of That's Right, Life Verbs Podcast. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats, I know, but check this out. I'm not sure if you're aware, but I'm also a professional certified life coach in intentional living and purposeful living, which means that I keep you accountable in living a more balanced life. Everyone can use some more balance, right? I also coach you to be the rescuer of yourself and to strengthen your resiliency from the ebbs and flows and roller coaster rides and curveballs that life throws your way and those crazy cards that sometimes you're dealt, including trauma, because I too am a trauma survivor. Did you know that knowing thyself is critical? And it's the key to achieving purpose and accomplishing your goals and living out your dreams. It's time to fully understand your God-given power and shift that mindset. So you know what? I'm going to offer you something. I want to offer you a one-on-one 
one hour free consultation with me. That's right. And in that consultation, we're going to highlight the key areas and get your blueprint started. It's time to start living a life with intention. Stop wasting time and invest in yourself. Let's get realigned. Just go to www.lifeverbs with an S podcast.com to schedule your free consultation, to find out more information, and also to view client testimonials. Blessings and abundance. It's also in the chat. Box. At symbol Latina Mamas, right there on the screen, also in the chat box. Anybody else have any questions for Rosa? I think you guys did great. I was trying. Awesome. I don't really, I'm not really one with rhythm, but I was trying. <laughs> Okay, listen, it's about fun, okay? It's about fun, shaking it. That's why there was exactly. some shaking, you know? I'm, I'm sweating, so uh, it worked. You know? <laughs> high intensity, high intensity. Look, Rosa, look. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's, it's been a I love Zumba, but it's been a minute ever since I got this back injury. Yeah. I forgot how high intensity Zumba is. So I heard somewhere... You lose a thousand calories if you do an hour of Zumba. Is that true? Well, I can relate to you with the back problem. I actually had really, really bad problems too. I was hospitalized like three times. And for a long time, I couldn't do Zumba like the way I wanted to. Um, But it's all about learning your body and strengthening your core and just getting healthier every single day and you'll be able to do it. And I think that if you do Zumba, even if it's, at the beginning, you don't get it. Zumba is about like, if you was to do it with me or all of you guys were to do it with me weekly, mm-hmm. you guys will know the steps like like this. Mm-hmm. So like, you can only get better. So that's what my suggestion to you guys. Don't feel intimidated. Don't feel like you can't do it. Just start it. And if you already know me, I'm the type of person that I know what it is about having an injury I know what it is to have back injury and not being able to move as well as I wanted to. But, you know, those quads, like shaking that booty, it takes time. But you can burn those calories while you're having fun, while you're enjoying yourself, and it's judgment-free. So I suggest you guys just do it and start it. So, and one more question. So you actually... You do this virtually, you have virtual classes throughout the week. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, Um, I actually just started doing it just because I wanted to learn my choreography. Um, Me and Tina, that's how me and Tina know each other. We actually did a certification together. And Mm -hmm. Tina was like, she's the bomb in the class. Me and her were like, yes, we're the bomb. Um, But it's taken, you know, it's taken some time for me to learn the choreography just because of COVID, um, because I want to do my best. And also, um, if you go on my page, you message me, I will be able to do it privately. Even if it's one-on-one, you guys wanted to do it one-on-one, I will be willing to do that with you guys. And it's, it's all about fitting everybody's needs. It's not about the best or anything like that. I don't have this body because I woke up like that. I have this body because I keep working out every day. 
I keep doing healthier, you know, eating healthier, doing detox. I'm going to be doing a seven day detox soon, which helps me with everything that I need to do and move and motivate you guys. So we're all here to motivate each other, but yeah, go to my Instagram. You can message me. I have a page for healthy, you know, for the healthy part of me and also a page for the taxes that I do. So anything to help you guys, just let me know. Awesome. And let me tell you guys, like she said, we met in the certification class over, a little over a year ago. And there is so much that goes into Zumba that like, yes. you have no, yeah. like it is a lot, a lot, yeah. lot, lot that you have to know just to make up one dance. It takes like, <laughs> probably like a week. It's That's crazy. True. So yes. don't ever it's underestimate Zumba. Zumba teachers. That's all I, I gotta say. After yeah, that class, I was like, uh, never mind. <laughs> I wanted to do Zumba because I wanted to relate more to our diverse um, community too. You know, um, I always mm -hmm. saw people that were not like me who, who were doing Zumba and they really didn't keep up with the rhythm in some way. And I was just like, I need to get into my people, like my black community, my Latino community, anybody else who feel comfortable. Like I just want to be able to help with that. And that's why I want to do it and make it fun and sweat. You know, get disgusting, mm -hmm. leave sweat, and then go take a shower, and then enjoy whatever else you need to do. <laughs> and um, I hurt my, I have herniated discs and stuff in my back. I've had it for like 19 years now. And that's actually one of the um, exercises that my doctor told me to do is Zumba. You can't do like, there's like different levels of it. As long as you're not jumping, then it's not bad for your back. And if there's anything that, you know, an instructor does, that hurts you then just don't do it just do your own thing like she said you don't have to follow the steps exactly it's not a dance class you know it's like it's, you're just there to exercise and have fun so it's actually one of the good workouts for your back yes that is so yes i can get back into it because i've been doing the treadmill <laughs> and the elliptical i even did it before this to try to get me a little bit more limber so thank you so much rosa definitely be able to check go and check her out y'all did y'all have fun give me a little yeah. you have fun yes awesome now and now <laughs> we have sean in the hizzle all right so you guys don't be intimidated by her awesomeness she's a doctor and all but she's real she's cool she'll cuss if you want her to or probably even if you don't so don't be offended and just be your awesome self shot everybody here is real we're all gonna love you so everybody just yeah let's do this yay and if Hi, you ladies um Instagram name in the chat and if you have questions for sean sorry real quick sean if you have questions for sean go ahead and raise your hand or put it in the chat box and tina will read it i'm sorry sean let me just read this real quick okay. raise your hand so you can virtually raise your hand during a Zoom call to signal that you have a question. Um, on the desktop app, click the raise hand button in the participants tab. In the mobile app, those it says more or there's three dots and you can select raise your hand. If you're not able to find it, then go ahead and put it in the chat box. Okay, and then Tina will call out your name to read your question. Okay. And I just put her um, handle in the chat too for anybody that wants to go follow her. And real quick, real quick. Hey, Brittany, welcome in. Some more people came in. Hey, Lee, uh, um, 
um that's queen love hers isn't it lia Uh, you're on mute. You're on mute, hon. I apologize. <laughs> um, Leah, yeah. Yeah, Leah, Queen Lovebird. Okay, excellent. I think I got. Did I miss anybody? No. Okay. Welcome in. Okay, go ahead, Sean. Take it away. All right. Hi, ladies. I don't know how I can follow Rosa because she was real hype. Um, <laughs> I have been in like uh, Zooms and clubhouses all day. So um, I'm gonna try my best. I, I get, I want you guys to know that this is very open space. I'm used to talking to like 20 year olds. So I get down and dirty. Um, so I, I made a couple of slides just to keep me on track today, but I also, um, you know, you guys may have burning questions that you're just like, you know what, forget the slides. Like, I need, I need to know the answers to these questions. And so if you guys want to do more of like panel questions, we can do that. Or I can just kind of go through what I have and then I'll stop in between and see if you guys have any questions. How do you feel about that? Yeah, okay. do that. All right, so first I'm going to share, I, I have the ability to share my screen. I think so, okay. Can you guys see that? Yep, we can. Yeah, okay. perfect. All right, so um, just this this basically is just a um, couple of slides just to go over vaginal hygiene and what you guys should know um, and what your OBGYN probably wants to tell you, but they uh, can't tell you because you might sue them. Um, so the, this is just um, a couple of just slides just going over uh, different things. So just a little bit about me. Um, I am an OBGYN. I'm also a maternal fetal medicine specialist. Um, that's my experience there. And then Tina talked a little bit about what my research um, is on. I do a lot of heavy research on vaginal infections, um, vaginal discharge, and microbiome. So um, we'll go a little bit into that as well. But I just wanted to briefly just start off by going over a couple of things that just kind of affects the natural balance of the vaginal area. Um, so, you, you know, you may think that, oh, you know, my vagina doesn't smell like it, it has like, you know, I, I use like body wash um, and, and that basically my vagina is fine. But the, one of the things that is very important um, is that a lot of women suffer from vaginal hygiene and they are not aware of that. Um, and so um, I had one girl tell me that I don't have vaginal discharge. And I was just like, you know what? That's nothing to be proud of because every woman should have some form of vaginal discharge that they see. Um, it could be a small amount. Um, it can be a, a medium or a larger amount, but that is normal for the vagina to have some form of discharge. If you have um, no discharge at all daily, um, that may be a result of um, some type of infection, or it could be that your estrogen is low um, and you may suffer from a more increased risk of infection because of vaginal dryness. Um, <clears throat> 
So different things to just understand about it. Um, so different things that can affect and throw off the pH of your vagina, which is what we'll go into. So the vaginal pH level is right it, right in here. You want it to be between 3.5 and 4.5. And you're like, what, what the heck does that mean? So you can technically test your the pH of your vagina. They have strips out there. You can buy the strips and you can place it in the vagina and it will tell you the pH of your vagina. So this is where we want the pH of your vagina to be normally. And that is because in the vagina, there is already bacteria there. And this is what we call good bacteria, right? So everybody's vagina has different types of bacteria down there. My, my bacteria is different from your bacteria. And this is good bacteria that kind of balances out the vagina. It keeps that area moist. Um, and it allows like to fight off any, any type of bad infection that may come. So what happens is that you um you you got a date you you know you about to get some tonight so you go to Victoria's Secret or Bath and Body Works and you buy their body wash because you gonna smell good down there because you you know you about to get some and you introduce this body wash and this soap into your vagina and what that does is it basically throws off the pH of your vagina so the good bacteria that was already working at their normal level they cannot function at this level that you just threw you just put that body wash in your vagina at so when your man when you when you have intercourse with your man um, and he, his sperm also is more on this side of things, right? So when, when, when he introduces that sperm, if, if you're having unprotected sex, that also is going to throw off the pH of your vagina. So now you, you probably did everything you, you possibly could to, to like do what you were supposed to do. No sexually trained, you, you doing the right things on the straight and narrow. And then all of a sudden you get a date, you get some, and now you starting back from square one because you, you use body wash and your man sperm just threw off the pH of your vagina. So those two things are, are very, very important to understand. Um, and, and this is not to say don't have unprotected intercourse. You could you can have unprotected, but I want you to understand that if you suffer from a so any type of odor, like you may, you may go to the doctor and say, you know what, I have bacterial vaginosis. Let's talk about bacterial vaginosis because it's the most common vaginal discharge that you will have or any woman will have. That's the most common complaint that I get when a woman comes into the office. I have a discharge. I know my man's cheating because I can tell you what it smells like. So, and bacterial vaginosis is not a sexually transmitted infection. So if you have bacterial vaginosis, that is not a sexually transmitted infection. You can get it through having intercourse, but it is not considered a sexually transmitted infection. So your man is not cheating on you because you have bacterial <coughs> vaginosis. That may have come from a couple of things, things that we just previously just talked about. So that in itself is bacterial vaginosis. So this good bacteria is there to try to fight those type of things off. But when you use that body wash, now the, now you just washed out the good bacteria. And so now your body is introduced to the bacteria that causes bacterial vaginosis. So things that you can do um, to not have this happen, which you, know, you guys are probably gonna say whatever when I tell you this, but you, do not put anything inside the vagina, okay? Like none of these like sits baths, like um, any of these like sauna things that none of that is supposed to go into the vagina, okay? That stuff that they sell you to tell you that you're, it, it will make your vagina clean. 
it may make your vagina clean for that moment, but the in a couple of weeks, your it your vagina is going haywire. So don't use any of those things inside the vagina. If you want to use them on the vulva, so the outside of the vagina, that is completely fine. And I would recommend using something mild and not strong. But to put anything inside of the vagina, you just basically introduced um, some type of foreign body to your to your to the vagina, and it's going to react to that. Um, the second thing is that when you have intercourse, um, it is very important that you urinate before and after you have intercourse. That is very, very important. Um, urine itself, before it enters into the vagina, is sterile. So when the urine comes into the vagina, it's going, it's a sterile fluid that's coming out of your body and it's going to wash out any type of bad thing that is there. And then once you have intercourse, it, you do it again because it can wa it'll wash out some of that sperm um, if you have unprotected intercourse. So let's talk a little bit about unprotected intercourse because one thing that can throw off the pH of your vagina is your man's sperm. So your man, you may your you may be doing all the things that you're supposed to do. You went to the doctor, you got antibiotics, like you take probiotics, and you you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but your man is not eating right. And for some reason, his sperm keeps throwing off the pH of your vagina. So, and that, this is not an argument to have with him, but you can say, hey, let's go on like a diet or a challenge or something and let's eat more fruits. Um, and so that will help um, to help his sperm to, to not throw the pH of your vagina off, okay? Um, the other thing to do is, you know, you guys may, you may say, hey, let's take a shower before we have intercourse or let's have sex in, in the shower. And so that washes off any bad bacteria that he may have on his vagina, not his vagina, on his penis. Um, and so that is not introduced into the vagina, okay? These are, these are very, very important things. And, you know, when you're in the moment, you're not thinking about the bacteria that's on his penis. Um, but though, these are just things so that you don't get into a confrontation with him or he doesn't think that you're weird, you know, like to try to spice it up before you have intercourse, especially if he keeps throwing off the pH of your vagina. Um, so I think I talked a little bit about that, but so, so there are different types of vaginal odors, right? So um, a vaginal odor for a bacteria vaginosis is going to be more of a fishy odor. It is very strong. It may not be fishy. Initially, it may be more of an ammonia smell. It's just like super strong. You're like, where did that come from? And you're going to smell it throughout the day. It may be like a whiff. And, and that's what we do in the office. It's called a whiff test because when we check that area with the speculum, we do a whiff test and we can tell if you have bacteria vaginosis or probably bacteria vaginosis because of that whiff test because bacteria vaginosis has a distinct smell. Um, so other things that have a vaginal odor um, would also be if you have uh, your, if you're on your menses, right? Um, so that is gonna smell more like a metallic smell. Um, it may not have like a, a very strong um, metallic smell, but it will it will smell more metallic. Um, sometimes you may have um, like it'll be a little bit off from that, but but that's normal. Um, the 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 vagina in gen, in general should have more of a tangy type odor. Um, it does it's not going to be sweet, guys. Like you know, like I don't I don't know where this falsehood of sweet vaginal smells come from. Um, I mean, you you may have a sweet vaginal smell and I mean, you may put strawberries up there every day, but 
most of the time it's just it should smell more tangy like okay um that is normal um especially in the like in the morning or right after a shower that is what it's, it's normally supposed to smell like um if if you are using condoms it will smell more like uh like a strong chemical um sometimes it can smell like ammonia as well but if you use the condom and, and you had intercourse, you're going to have a vaginal odor right after that. Um, and it's more of like a, like a strong chemical-like smell. Um, so just kind of going through, and I think we talked about a little a bit of this, but um, any type of irritation that you may have in that area. So the vagina is a very sensitive area. There, there are a lot of hormones that are working down there to try to keep that area um, safe and to try to protect it and to try to keep it moist. Um, so think, and this is the other thing, the vagina itself sits in a dark area every day. So if, if you just picture right now, we're all sitting down, we have on pants, we just like went through a Zumba workout. Well, I didn't, but you guys just went through a Zumba <laughs> workout. So there's sweat there. So all of this is going on in, in that vaginal area right now. And so this happens throughout the day. So that area is dark, it's moist, and it is the optimal place for yeast and bacteria. So the, what, what happens is that when you, you don't eat properly and you eat a lot of sweets, um, that itself is going to encourage that yeast and bacteria. Yeast love sweets, okay? So if you eat a lot of sweets, um, if you eat a lot of carbs and, and your diet is not, you know, optimal, you may be more prone to yeast infections. And there's nothing you can do except change your diet and maybe consider a probiotic. Um, that is very, very important. Yeast and BV love sugar. So if, if that is something that you may suffer with, or, you know, you've had recurrent issues with that in the past, that's something to consider. If you have um, more of vaginal dryness um, and you use a lubricant, do not use a lubricant that has alcohol in it, right? So that also is going to throw off the pH of your vagina. So if, if, if you're using some type of lubricant before you have intercourse, it needs to be non-alcoholic lubricant or it's going to dry up the vagina and then as soon as as that lubricant area is it, as soon as it dries up it's going to introduce more bacteria if your man has any bacteria on his penis um as far as soap if you're going do not use soap just just don't use it um you can use it on on your face on your body just don't put soap in that area if you want to use a body wash um i rec i personally would recommend aveeno that is what i tell my patients to use um, it's it's way milder. Um, some some doctors will say to use Dove. If you're going to use Dove, it needs to be unscented, um, and so that is why I encourage Aveeno. If you can use it on a baby, on a newborn baby, then it is safe to use in the vulva area of your vagina. Think about it like that. If you go in the baby section and they you and they recommend it for the baby, then it's safe for your vagina, and that is why I I usually recommend or tell my patients to consider Aveeno. And if not Aveeno, then maybe considered mild Dove soap that's not scented. Um, uh, Sean, there's a couple of questions I want to ask while you're on these topics. Um, okay. Um, as far as the uh, soaps and stuff, you just said Aveeno and um, a mild Dove, but isn't there like special pH soaps and all that? Do you, don't you say? Um, so uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that 
company that sells this pH soap in in the store. Don't don't do that. Okay. Um, no douching. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's it's a big company that is any company that is shaming you about the odor or smell um, is is a company that is trying to um, monotonize off of you. So they want your money. So they are going to sell you something that smells good for your vagina when it actually, in fact, there's nothing it, it may if there's something wrong with it, it can be fixed by going to your provider for the most part. And if your provider can't fix it, there is something called boric acid. And that is something that I, I will tell you what I would say to my patient and what I do for myself. So boric acid is used in patients that have recurrent vaginal discharge infections, right? So if, if you have, if you use the boric acid pill, it should never be taken by mouth. This is something that absolutely never, ever, ever should be taken by mouth. And so if you have small kids and they know how to get into bottles, it needs to be in a very safe area that um, they cannot put their hands on because it should never be taken by mouth. So this is a, like a pill or a suppository that is placed um, at night. Um, and so in the morning, you may have a slight discharge or you may see some of the pill coming out. But what that boric acid does is it basically swipes and wipes clean. So you're starting from a clean slate with that boric acid. And so I, I usually recommend taking it for a week. Um, that is my personal recommendation. The only time we will recommend it in um, and, and if you come into the office is if you've had recurrent yeast infections or BV and nothing that we are doing is, is helping. So what I do for myself is every month, one week out of the month, I will take boric acid for a week. And then the rest of the month, I'm taking probiotics every day. And so um, that is what I do personally for myself from my research um, and what I, I, what I know about the vagina. Um, so that is what I can tell you I know works. Um, if you do have a problem with BV or any type of recurrent infection, you would need to use the boric acid a little longer. Um, and so that is why it's important, you know, if you if if nothing is going on, I and you feel like you know you just want something for a precaution, um, I would say you know use it for a week out of the month and then try, consider probiotics if you're into probiotics. If you do have an infection or if you do have a certain type of discharge, you definitely need to use boric acid a little bit more and, and it definitely needs to be combined with an antibiotic. So that is why I would say, you know, talk to your provider um, if, if you're concerned about it on that side. Okay, and somebody asked, um, does a vinegar bath help with BV? No, no, no. And vinegar baths are just like douching. Do not do it. Don't do it. Douching mm -hmm. has like this acidic fluid in it. Um, and it basically is going to kill the pH in your vagina. So if you're going to push anything like to wash out that area, it needs to just be warm, warm water. If you're going to do almost like a douche, it should only be warm water, nothing acidic. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say that I forgot about um, is the type of underwear that you wear, right? So we all like thongs. I will admit that's my go-to, but mm -hmm. thongs are the worst in life to wear. Think Let about it. A thong is a, is a string and it only covers the, this, this front part of your vagina. So when you take that thong off to go to the bathroom, you pull it down and then you bring it back up. And if you're not paying attention, what you did was you introduced the string part of that vagina, possibly into the, 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 the distal area of your labia or the vagina that's that's attached to close to the anus. 
So that is what thongs do to you. And, and they, they introduce bacteria unknowingly because you're constantly taking them on and off throughout the day. Or, you know, if you're moving around, you may have to like, you know, move it around. It's, it's uncomfortable. And you just like, you, you're not thinking about it by default, you put your hand and you move it, but you may have adjusted it to an area where you just introduce bacteria from the back to the front. The other thing um, that's important is how you wipe when you pee, right? You should always wipe from the front to the back. And it's like, duh, Dr. Cooper, that's what everybody does, but everybody does not do that. Mm -hmm. Some people by default will take their tissue and wipe from the back to the front. So that is not okay. What you are doing is the same thing that you just did with that thong. You introduce bacteria from the back to the front of the vagina. Unknowingly, by default, now we, we got a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so those are, those are two um, other things that I think I wanted to say. We, this um, is the douching part. And then for menopause. So menopause is if you are in early menopause or, you know, you're, you're getting to that area where you, you know, you are, you're getting close to menopause, you have a very low level of estrogen. So this is someone that has is young um, in their twenties. And this is what the vagina um, like area looks like because they have an abundant amount of estrogen there. This is someone with menopause. And so you can see the difference. They, they don't have that lining there um, and they don't have the sufficient estrogen to fight off the bacteria. So you are more prone to vaginal dryness. You are more prone to bacteria and being introduced into that area. And one of the things that I always tell women that are going through menopause is, you know, if, if, if you have the ability to try to continue to have an active sexual life because that itself will, will help with that area. And the, the saying that if you don't use it, you lose it, that is very true when it comes to the vagina. So if you do not use the vagina, it, you are going to use, lose that lining down there. That estrogen is going to go away at some point. And so it is very important to maintain a very sexual um, or active sexual life. And I hope you guys' partners are not around. <laughs> to hear um, or put pressure on you to, to Actually, have more intercourse, but that is very, very important. Hear it, hear it, if that's a, a, an issue. <laughs> I didn't hear you. What did you say? I said, actually, if they are around, turn up the volume so they can hear it <laughs> if that is an issue that you're facing. So how often would you say, Sean, a week should women be having sex to keep it healthy? And, and what are some of the other benefits? Is it just for the estrogen? So it's, so it's, think about it. So the vagina, if you, if I have a 65 year old come in my office and she is not sexually active, her vagina looks like this. You can barely get anything in it. But if I have a 65 year old that says, yep, I live in Florida and I go down there and I got a man and we have intercourse, her vagina is probably going to be smaller, but it's still going to have some sufficient tissue um, and estrogen there. And so it, it's not just the estrogen, but it's also for the size. So the vagina will shrink. It's a muscle. If you don't use a muscle, think about when you work out, if you don't use your muscles, like if they're build up, they're just going to go away or you're going to build fat there. And so that is what happens. It's, it's, but the vagina is a muscle. That is why when you have a baby, you, your vagina opens 
and then it goes back to its normal size. So don't ever let your partner tell you that your vagina is larger because you had a baby. That is not true. The muscle goes back to its normal size. Like it is a muscle. It is going to do its job and go back to its normal size. Um, so your, that, that's very, very important. Can your bladder fall or your vaginal wall fall or something like that? So your bladder can fall and your uterus can fall but the vagina will not fall. That is a muscle. So what happens is that if you have kids, let's say you are on your fourth or fifth kid, you start to lose that strength that keeps that, the, the uterus up there. So your, your vagina's here, then your cervix is on top of the vagina. The, the cervix is kind of like a structure that keeps this uterus in place. So when you start to have more kids, that starts to lax a little bit. And so that is why sometimes the uterus will fall through the vagina, but the vagina itself is, is going to be a muscle. That is what, it, that's its job. That's, it's going to stay there. It's, it's not going to fall. Somebody asked, what if you have had a, a hysterectomy? So a hysterectomy, let's be clear about hysterectomy. Uh, there, there is no such thing as a partial hysterectomy. If you have, a, have had a hysterectomy, that means that you do not have a uterus. You do not have a uterus. They did not take half of your uterus out. What they did was they left your cervix there for support so that nothing from on top of the cervix, so your like, um, your like uh, intestines or the bladder will fall through. So that is why if, if you hear someone say, I had a partial hysterectomy, that is what they're talking about. But they may think that they still have their uterus. That is not true. You do not have a uterus anymore. And most times, um, with a, and that even your uterus is the only thing that the only reason your uterus is in your body is for to, to carry babies. That is it. It has nothing to do with the estrogen in your body. That is what your ovaries are for. Your ovaries are the two structures that provide the estrogen and the other hormones to the vagina, to the other areas of your body. Your uterus is sitting there as a support system for your cycle every month, because every month your body prepares to have a baby. So taking your uterus out is nothing. It, it, what matters is that your ovaries are left in place. Um, what, age, um, do, what ages do people usually go through menopause? Do women? So that can vary. We say the average age is around 50, 51, but you have to look at when your when your mom went into menopause or you know when your grandmother went into menopause because that is going to tell you um, when you may most likely go into menopause. Also, if you are on the heavier side, you are more likely to go into menopause later than someone that's thinner um, because this all boils down to estrogen again. So heavier individuals have more estrogen. So they, they will most likely go into menopause later than someone that's very thin um, in general. But usually you're going to go through menopause around 49 to, I would say, 52, 53. Um, menopause is, the definition of menopause is not having a period for an entire year, for an entire 12 months. That is considered menopause. So if you so are, if you, you, stop it? If you didn't bleed for six months and then you bled one month and then you didn't bleed again, you are not in menopause yet. You are in pre-menopause, but you are not in menopause. Um, somebody also asked, what about organic soaps like Shea Moisture and Dr. Bronner's for the vulva? So yeah, I mean, you can use what you can use those things on the vulva. 
not in the vagina. So if you want to use them on the vulva, that's completely fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. Like I said, you have to be very mindful, especially with all the things that are out there, all these products that are out there and these people on TikTok that think they can save your vagina and give you this like strawberry smelling vagina. These people are liars and all they want is your money. And then when you have that infection and you can't figure out what happened, then then you're then you'll come to me. But they, they this is all like, I will tell you that the probiotic um like manufacturing companies make this is a billion dollar investment mm. because women want to smell good right nothing nothing bothers me more than if i sit down and i smell an odor coming from that area that is going to bother me all day so a woman wants to smell good and so they play on that notion that you want to smell good you want to feel good about yourself and so that is how they sell these products to you when all in all none of that really matters. It just probably most likely causes worse conditions versus like just using the, the normal things and just let, letting it be. What about essential oils? I've read that like putting um, um, olive oil with like um, lavender oil is okay for like lubricants and stuff yeah, like that. I think that. I think that olive oil is definitely fine. Um, lavender oil, just make sure that 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 it is very natural when you put yeah. it in there. It should not have like, uh, if you if you if you look at the back of the bottle of something and you can't pronounce it, <laughs> it should not be in your it should not be in that area of your body. That is very, very important. So if you're going to use something down there, it's very important that it's natural. And we use olive oil in pregnancy when moms are pushing we can we put mm -hmm. olive oil in the vagina so that is very that is okay to use um but i, I it, make sure that it is something that is natural if you're going to use an oil down there be, um that's very very important and somebody asked if uh, actually if you could um tina uh -huh. um the next question um if you can ask that person to just give them the option if they want to ask it because they may want to ask, you know. Oh, uh, which one? There's like four. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I can't see the chat. So, yeah. yeah. Some of them. I have like a question. Tina, I have a question. Okay. So, my question is um, can you, like, um, for a bath, can you um, soak yourself with Epsom salt? Yeah, that's completely fine. If, if you want to okay. do that, you can definitely do that. Um, because at the end of the day, the the soaking no so the vagina you have the two lips on the outside right so when you soak it still doesn't like not hardly any water is going to go inside of that vaginal area because that the vulva is there to protect the vagina from getting like just normal bacteria so there there's a there's a um, method to the madness so your vulva is there to protect any type of like um heavy thing, heavy discharge or like solution. So it's the first protection. So if you are soaking, it's gonna do its job and, and almost like a sponge and it's not gonna allow that much stuff to come inside of it. It's only when you open it yourself and put something in there <laughs> that you introduce a problem. But if you're just sitting in the shower or you're soaking in the tub, that's completely fine. It's, it's not gonna affect that the vaginal, the vagina area as much as if you, you literally do it yourself. Um, okay, there, there's a few questions from- Tina, I can um, speak yeah, okay. mm -hmm. 
So I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome mm -hmm. uh, for um, 16 years now. However, my um, prior GYN is constantly trying to put me on birth controls to regulate my menstrual. Um, I'm 41. So my, my um, answer to her response is no. I refuse to be on birth controls going forward because I would like to have a child. So I know I'm dealing with my age as one, one issue, um, my weight as well. And also having PCOS, it's kind of hard um, to have, you know, a child. So I was trying to figure out what other revenues or other things that I can do to kind of put me in that position. Um, however, another part of the um, statement is lately I've been noticing my menstrual's been 40 days straight or 60 days straight. Um, <laughs> and it's not a heavy flow. I know some women with PCOS, they have a heavy flow. However, mine's been light or just spotting throughout consistent days. Okay. And a break in it is just probably like three days or five days and then I'm right back spotting again. Okay. So I will start off by saying that um, PCOS is very, it's a very difficult condition to control because one, it is something that you develop and you can't like it's not it's not your fault like there are women that the the range of PCOS is all over the place and they start as early as like 13 14 years old and then they start they can may start later in life um so I was first start off by saying that if you want to have a child that you're trying to reset or try to reset your cycle so um, your hormone levels are probably extremely high. Um, and so what it does is it almost as, it's almost as if you're constantly pregnant, except you're not because you can't get those hormones. So what that birth control does is it tricks your body and makes it makes your body think that, okay, like something's going on and it's not right. But if you are, if you are against anti birth control, that is, that is your right. Um, and there are other things that you can do, you will ovulate and you can ovulate while you're bleeding. Um, it can be very frustrating, but what, what will happen is that you will have to test yourself with an ovulation kit to see when, when you are actually ovulating, okay? And so th that is the time that you need to be considering intercourse is right before and right after you ovulate. Um, so I just want to say a disclaimer, you can get pregnant while you're bleeding because you can ovulate while you are still having spotting or um, you're kind of having like just light periods. So you can get pregnant while you are bleeding. Um, and so for someone like you that has PCOS, you never know when you're ovulating because <laughs> your body is like your hormones are kind of here and then they may drop and then they may go back up. Right. So you only have a short window for when you can actually probably ovulate and get pregnant. Um, if, if your periods are doing that, because it seems like your periods are very, very long. So you would have to invest in these ovulation kits or consider resetting your cycle and seeing if that helped. Because as soon as she resets it, she needs to put you on clomiphene or letrozole, um, which is more of a um, fertility uh, medication that we give out to help you get pregnant and expedite that that pregnancy okay thank you
Anybody else have a question? There are tons of questions, so go ahead and start and asking your questions. Yes. Okay, so this question is for my for my oldest daughter. Um, so basically, she's had a prolonged period for longer than thirty days, um, which was regular. Ended up heavy, soaking tampon and pad, and then it stopped, and then it started again, and then now it's ending with a discharge followed with a lot of pain in her pelvic area and stuff. So I've never experienced this. So I'm like, okay, well, we just got to take you to the, to the doctor because, you know, even though I'm a woman, I only can speak off of what have I experienced and I can't speak to this because I don't know what's going on. So how old is your daughter? 21. She's 21. So mm -hmm. um, a couple of things could be going on. Um, we are in a pandemic and so even though people are not showing their stress levels, people are stressed and stress affects your period. Um, your hormonal balance affects your period. But the most, the one thing that will, will affect your period more than anything is stress. Um, the other thing that may be going on with her and what it sounds like it's most likely is that she may have something called or may need to get a workup for something called endometriosis. Um, and what that is, is when there is parts of the uh, endometrium or the inside of the uterus that implant themselves outside of, of the uterus, but still within the pelvis. And how that happens and the theory that they think about is, you know, you have a period. And so that, that period blood kind of retrogradely um, flows back for some reason, depending on the way your uterus is flipped. So if she has, so the uterus can be in two different forms. It can be antiverted or it can be retroverted. And usually retroverted women will have a higher risk of having endometriosis because your, your, your uterus is just weirdly shaped. I have a, I have a retroverted uterus. Um, so that sounds like more of what's happening, especially if it's just kind of all of a sudden um, is that she may, may have, may be developing or may be experiencing a mild form or a moderate form of what's called endometriosis. Um, and so that is something that they can work up and, and she doesn't technically need to go, um, right now. If she continues to have heavy periods though, I would recommend her getting an ultrasound and, um, at least getting an ultrasound to see what's going on. Okay. Is that hereditary? Like the, the inverted and retroverted, is that hereditary? Um, the endometriosis part has a genetic factor to it. Um, but the retroverted and antiverted, I think is just spawn is, is spontaneous. And so if you, you may not realize you have a retroverted uterus, but you will know during intercourse because you can only have intercourse in certain positions, other positions hurt like hell. And that is when you know that you most, you may have a retroverted uterus because your uterus is tilted this way. And so whenever, whenever you have intercourse, it's basically hitting that area and it's, it causes more pain and other positions may, may not cause as much pain. So um, retroverted, I think is just a spontaneous thing that happens um, and you can't really predict it. But when you get pregnant, it straightens out your uterus most of the time, but afterwards it just goes right back. Okay. Okay. I had other questions, but I'm gonna let everyone else go. Okay. <laughs> 
Lectria, I'm sorry, I probably say your name wrong still. Do you want to ask it or do you want me to? Um, if you don't mind, can you go ahead and just read it, please? Okay. Thank you. If your partner has an autistic child and you want to have a child with them, is there a genetic test you can take to see if we would have a lower or higher risk of having an autistic child? So there, unfortunately, there's nothing that will tell you as far as autistic is concerned because children usually um, don't show signs of autism until later, like around two, one, two to three is when they usually will diagnose children with autism. What, it, what does play a factor is how old your partner is. So if your partner is, um, I would say if they are uh, greater or older than 50 or hitting close to 50, the risk of autism, um, having a child with autism is higher mm -hmm. um, in those individuals. Um, but like I said before, autism is something that develops later on. And so it's very hard to um, pinpoint um, who, who will get autism and, and who will end up on that spectrum. But um, the older the, the man is, the older the sperm is, the more likely that um, the child may have a, high, a, a slightly higher risk of developing autism. Um, there are tests, but you would um, need to do IVF for them. But those only test for genetic disorders. Um, and so you would, uh, since, you're, since your partner does have a child that has autism, most likely there's a, a higher, a slightly higher chance that he will, he has an increased risk of having another child with autism. But I think that there are so many factors that go into that. Um, and, and the number one thing is, is how old his sperm is. So how old he is. Um. Somebody said, sex toys, what is a bad material to use if it were to be used in the cervix? What is toxic, like plastic sex toys? Should we be concerned with using it and the effects being toxic? Um, I think sex toys are absolutely fine. Um, I always encourage them. Um, I just think it's important. Um, and I don't think that they have, there's an issue with them. I think it's important that they are thoroughly cleaned. Um, because um, if you are in a same partner relationship or, or if you're, you know, uh, heterosexual, um, it doesn't matter, but um, they do collect, they do have bacteria. Um, and so if you don't clean them properly, um, that could increase your risk of having bacterial vaginosis. And actually studies have been out there that um, women that are in same partner relationships have increased risk of bacterial vaginosis. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is due to sex toys. I have a question. So what about vibrators can they truly because you hear mixed media about it they say that they can desensitize your your clitoris then i hear that they can what's the truth what's the real on that um i i, I think that you know i feel like they are probably more theories and not really factual truths about vibrators in general um i think that for your clitoris that is more of um, a feeling that you yourself are going to have. And then it also is where it's located and where that sensation is for you. Um, so I think that if you are having intercourse with a man and y'all are just all right, then you might think that your vibrator desensitizes your clitoris, but all in all, you're just not feeling him like that. Um, so I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. And I don't think that vibrators they, themselves will desensitize your clitoris at all because 
um, that is more of like women, women have to um, have more of an emotional connection as well as a physical connection sometimes when it comes to um, activating um, the clitoris and actually um, having an, an orgasm. So I don't think that vibrators will desensitize your, your clitoris. Is there anything that we should be, I'm gonna get deep, okay? Get to the nitty gritty, right? Is there anything while we're sleeping with our partners, while we're sleeping with, with, with our man, is there anything that they should be be mindful of with us? Like, is there any type of movements or things that are just really great for our vaginal walls? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like uh, specifically for the the vaginal wall. Um, I think you know the the most important thing is to to make sure that he's not introducing any bacteria um, into that area. Um, for for you yourself um i i don't think that missionary versus like um i don't know all these positions y'all um but um i don't think that that is going to impact it um certainly you want to make sure that he is um not fully intoxicated and going from anal to vaginal um that's very very important um but other than that i don't think that any and and also if, if he is coming, like if he, if you guys are having sex and, you know, it's more of that position where he's coming from behind, um, sometimes if, if he does not know exactly where it is and he's been drinking, he may touch that anal area and introduce it into the vagina by deep, by accident and default. So what I usually tell women to do is you yourself take the penis and direct it where it's supposed to go. Do not depend on him to do it because he is going to, by default, put it in the wrong spot. And then that's just like introducing bacteria um, right in that little sensitive area. So, and, and most of the time they think that you're spicing it up when you, when you like try to like place it yourself anyway. So it's, a, it's important that you put it in the right position and not have him like trying to figure out where it is. And so um, that, that actually will introduce bacteria. We are to help. Like this whole conversation, I wrote this down. We are to help, we are the helpmate, right? Of man. So we really have to guide them in all way, even in the bedroom. There's a lot of guiding, like, hey, honey, let's take a shower, right? Because they're just hot and heavy and want to get in the moment, right? Let's take a shower. Let me, you know, guide. I, yes. How to work with this. Right? And it is all in how you propose it, it's all in the way that you say it. Um, men don't like to be told things, but if it's suggested and then they, you know, themselves think that, okay, great. Yeah, let's do it. And they, they kind of come up with it as well. Then they're more open to it than if you tell them something or you accuse them of something, um, you're just going to get pushed back. And so, um, the more you like spice it up or say it in a nicer way, um, the more likely, the more likely I'm going to say in quotes, cause all men are not the same. Um, but the, the more likely they are to agree to certain things. Um, it's, and sometimes it's just good to change it up a little bit, you know, like it, it's not, it's not always good to have the same routine all the time. And so he doesn't know anything like men don't know, like they, they just think that you're trying to spice it up. So, you know, like just slide those little comments in every now and then, and he, he won't even know. Awesome. One more question. And then I would love for you to read the advice for sex problems because you haven't read that yet right yeah 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 i just i have it up here okay um 
There's actually two questions about menopause. One of them is, would you know if you're in menopause if you've had a hysterectomy? And the other one is, what are signs signs of early menopause? So if if you have had um, a hysterectomy, um, you would you would not necessarily go into menopause. What will happen? What will automatically put you into menopause is if they remove your ovaries. So if you had a hysterectomy and they also took your ovaries as well, yes you are going to immediately go into menopause. Um, but if they leave your ovaries and they just take the uterus, most times you will go into menopause a little bit earlier than the average person. So instead of going into menopause around 51, you may go into menopause around 48. Um, but if, if that, that's the only difference. Um, like I said, the uterus is just there to carry a baby. It, it has no effect on any, any other thing. And then what was the second question? What are signs of early menopause? Oh, yes. So signs of early menopause um, are going to be hot flashes. Um, that is like key. When you start having hot flashes, you know, like it's coming. Um, you become very irritable. Your moods change. Um, you may have, you may be down and up. Um, so you may have anxiety. You may be depressed. Um, you may be like, what the fuck is going on with me? Um, and so if you start asking yourself that question, like you, you may be starting to um, get introduced to uh, premenopause or menopause. And then you start to, you start to slowly have like a little bit of vaginal dryness. You may have a little bit of, a little bit more vaginal irritation in that area. Um, but those are the most common things that we see, um, especially the mood, like the irritability and the, in the up and down of the moods. And then, um, so um, I wanted to just kind of go over like, cause this, this is something that we don't talk about. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm just gonna be personal with you. I work a lot. And so my libido for having sex is not, is not where it probably should be. Like when I get home, it's like either, either we're doing this or we're not doing this. And you got five to 10 minutes to get it done. Cause I got stuff to do that. That is how I am. Um, so, and that is, that is where I am right now. So I am putting that disclosure out there. Um, but in the past, when I've had more time, it's, it's been better, but you know, like you, your libido will go up and down and libido is your, your desire for intercourse or, you know, um, how strongly you desire to, to constantly have intercourse with your partner. Um, and so different things that can affect that are stress. Um, if you are, you know, working a lot and you have a lot of responsibility, if you are the head of the household and your partner is not, sometimes that may also affect your libido. Um, women want to be taken care of. They don't want to feel like they are taking care of someone. And so if you end up, you know, if, if you are the, uh, are the breadwinner and essentially you are making more money or taking care of someone, um, it sometimes can affect your libido. Other things that can affect it is going that premenopausal state. So starting to go into menopause can also um, affect the libido and your sexual desire. And it's very, very important um, first to examine the relationship in your situation. That is why I, I started off with that. If you are in a relationship that has tension um, and it's not, you know, where it needs to be, that is going to affect your libido. You women, some women will go for months. I've known like some of my patients years and they don't have intercourse. 
and 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 it's like whatever at some point it's just like whatever to them and so like you have to assess your relationship situation and make sure that that's not um what's causing you to have decreased libido certain certain medications will also do it. if you are on an antidepressant um if certain blood pressure medications are also going to drop your libido as well um those are the two that definitely will drop drop your sexual desire um and then the most important thing is to first talk it out and try to see if this is something that you guys can work on together to figure out how to spice this up. Um, and sometimes it's just it's just better to just go on like a, a night vacation or a, th or a weekend vacation and, and try to figure that out. Um, and then also, if you are on some antidepressant or a, a blood pressure medication and you notice that your libido is dropping, you can ask your provider to switch that medication because it's affecting your libido. Um, as far as vaginal dryness, um, so, so we talked about this regular sexual activity and stimulation is going to help in that area. Um, the, the vagina needs to actively know that you love it. And so when, whenever you have intercourse, that is a sign showing your vagina that, yep, I'm paying attention to you and I, and, and I love it. Um, so that's very, very important. Um, we talked about the lubricants and not using that, um, that alcohol-based lubricant. And then, um, there are estrogen creams that can be considered if you are having vaginal dryness. Um, it depends on the provider. Um, some providers, if you still have your uterus, may not be as open to giving you um, vaginal uh, estrogen cream versus if you don't have a uterus, they are more likely to consider giving it to you. Um, and then um, different things for arousal dif difficulties. Um, they, they have, you can, you can be prescribed sexual therapy. So if you are having arousal issues, you can tell your OBGYN um, and they can refer you to someone for that. Um, bupropion is a type of um, medication that we sometimes use for antidepressant, but if you are on bupropion, it will help um, with uh, treating arousal difficulty. So if you're having that, um, yoga also helps with that as well. Um, and then um, orgasm difficulties, that is going to be straight up sexual therapy and counseling. And then pain during sex. If you are having pain on um, insertion, that is not normal. Um, depending on like, you know, the, how, the level of intercourse you like to have, if you, you can get, you can get extreme and crazy with it, um, that pain level may, may be warranted, but just having general pain, um, and it's not enjoyable for you, that is not normal. So if that is something that you are experiencing, um, that needs to be addressed. Um, and you need to talk to, you need to call your provider or at least, um, seek, a second opinion or counseling about what to do about that because um, that can be a range of things that are causing vaginal pain during sex. I'm gonna stop sharing and then you guys can ask more questions. Does anyone else have any more questions? Wow, amazing. Yeah. amazing. I got uh, how old should a girl be when she starts going to an OBGYN? So technically, Technically, we should start seeing them around 13, 14 years old. Those visits are not um, to have an exam done. Those visits are for us to assess if their bleeding is normal. If they're having heavy bleeding, we can address that early. And like I said before, 
we have picked up PCOS and endometriosis as early as 13, 14 years old, because you're taking them to the pediatrician and they, they can't tell you what's wrong with them. Um, so technically they should start to see either an adolescent gynecologist, or you can find out if the gynecologist um, at your office is open to patients that early. Um, and they should start seeing them just for FaceTime um, visits and basically to just kind of assess where their periods are and, and how um, things are going in general, because they may have questions that they are afraid to ask you as the parent that they may not be afraid to ask the OBGYN. So um, that's, that's very, very important. Um, if they don't learn it from a proper professional healthcare provider, they are going to learn it from their friends. So it's, it's one or the other. Um, and so I think, you know, if, if you want to hit that head on, um, just, you know, and, and they may be reluctant to come to an OBGYN. Do not make them come if they do not want to come because that is traumatizing and that, is, that will not be, um, and that will not promote a good experience for them. Um, so they, if they are not open to coming that early, um, kind of assess where they are. And then, you know, when they feel like they're ready, then they, they should come. Leah, you had a question? Yes, I got one question. Let me see, am I on mute? No. Um, <laughs> my question is um, like long-term abstinence by choice, like, okay, it's been five years since I've had intercourse. So you said that if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And I'm trying to see, does that affect younger people too, as well as older people when it comes to estrogen? I understand the muscle and the tissue part, but the estrogen, am I doing something that's has a negative effect on my body that I just don't know about? No, no. I'm probably, I'm probably there with you with the very limited okay. time that I, I decide that I want to like do anything. So I think the younger you are, the better. Um, this okay. is this is for individuals that are you know 40 going 40 and, and above um, mm -hmm. when you start to not have intercourse um, and and we know that your estrogen levels are dropping um, okay. that that is when it, it affects most um, but when if you are still young um, it's not going to be as effective um, if you if you're not having intercourse okay thank you Any other questions? I will say, and this is something I forgot to say, a pelvic exam and a pap smear are two different things. A pelvic exam and a pap smear are two different things. So if someone asks you if you had a pap smear, the answer should not just be yes, because they put a speculum in the vagina. Uh, a speculum in the vagina is a pelvic exam. We do pelvic exams. When you come into the office and you say, doc, I got a discharge. I want to know what's going on. That is when we do a, a speculum exam to see what is going on. A pap smear is actually putting a swab in the cervix to test the cervical tissue to assess if you have a higher risk of HPV or um, precancerous, precancerous cervical cells. So make sure that when you go to your provider, you ask them, are, am I doing a pap smear or is this a pelvic exam? Because those are two separate things. We do a pelvic exam to do the pap smear, but we don't necessarily have to do a pap smear when we do a pelvic exam. Any other questions? So I have one question. So I have heavy periods and my periods are what, some women bleed in seven days, I bleed in three. Um, and they're followed with clots. 
I've, I've been tested for fibroids. I don't have any cramping. I don't have any pain. I don't have any of that. Most cases I have to use a tampon and a pad because it's that heavy. Um, but I still, they don't cause me no kind of nothing extra. It's just the fact that like, I bleed so much in just a short period of time. And I'm always like, oh my goodness. Like sometimes it's draining, but I just want to know why, because before I used to have normal periods and then three kids later, and it was like, nah, we all knock you down three days. <laughs> so and yeah, I- two, two things. Um, if you have not, have never been tested for something called bond Willebrand factor, that's a clotting disorder. Um, that's very important to ask your doctor to just get some blood work and see if you are at risk for that. Women that are at risk for that may have had a postpartum hemorrhage when they were um, de- when they were pregnant. Um, sometimes they bleed easily when they brush their teeth. Um, they may have like increased risk for nosebleeds. Um, and even you may not even have some of those risk factors and still be um, positive for von Willebrand's factor. So that will definitely um, increase your risk of having um, blood clots. Uh, with periods. The other thing that is almost in line with what you stated about your daughter that's making me think that maybe there's some adenomyosis going on. So endometriosis and, and adenomyosis are brothers and sisters, except adenomyosis, you're not going to pick that up on an ultrasound. Um, and those women will constantly complain about bleeding heavy, bleeding heavy. They may have pe- they may have pain with their periods, but their most complaint is bleeding heavy. Um, and the only way to control that is to either consider an IUD to kind of like decrease the, the amount of bleeding that you have or some form of birth control. Or, you know, when you're done having kids, um, consider a hysterectomy because that is the definitive diagnosis for adenomyosis. Um, but, you know, if it's not bothering you, don't bother it is what I'm going to say. Um, but if, you know, if, if it's, if it's affecting your daily life, um, those are some options and, um, there, there probably are some more natural ways to do things. Um, I'm, I'm saying, um, birth control, but I, I myself don't take birth control. Um, so there are more natural ways to do things, but, um, that's prop that's, it sounds like that's what, what's going on with you is adenomyosis. And that also might be what's happening with your daughter because that happens later on in life. Gotcha. And my last question is I have a daughter who wants to be an OBGYN. Oh, tell her, tell her to message me, send her, tell her to send me an email message me. My email is the same as my Instagram is just at gmail.com. So if you have a question, okay. um, or if you feel like there was something that was too personal and you don't want to ask it today, you can either email me, you can message me on Instagram. Don't message me on TikTok because they are crazy, plum fool crazy. And I don't respond to messages on TikTok. So if you message me, send me a message on Instagram or um, send me an email and definitely have your daughter email me. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Sean, thank you so much. No problem. That was absolutely amazing. You all be sure um, to to follow Sean. Like she said, you can DM her. Can you give us your Instagram and the best ways to contact you again? Yep. So my Instagram is Sean, S-H-O-N, the first part of my name, and um, Cooper, my last name, M-D. Um, and that is Instagram, TikTok, and that's also my email um, at gmail.com. So um, any of those, and if you have something that is like crazy emergent, um, you can get my number from Tina. Um, I never go to bed before midnight. 
Sometimes it's after 3 a.m. So you are not bothering me if you if you call or text me. Um, but you can always get my number from Tina. I'm, I'm definitely open to you guys texting or, or calling if you have like emergent questions. No problem. Awesome. And Tina also just put it in the chat. You all mm -hmm. just put the email and the Instagram. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Thank so you, Sean. Thank you right. so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye and thank, thank you. you. No problem. Thank you. We also have Tanisha has entered the building and yes. I saw the JH, but I think JH left. So yeah. I'm telling people, I, I'm listen, I need to get to a Wi-Fi because I got to join a Zoom. <laughs> Tanisha, please tell us your lovely IG name so everybody recognizes you and tell us what you're hoping to get out of this tonight with Ladies Night. Welcome. Well, well, thank you, thank you. Um, my IG is La Isla Nueva. Yes. Hey. Uh, La Isla Nueva. 